and welcome to Detention. Joining us this week for the Politics and News edition of the Detention Podcast, we have, yet again, Donald Trump, but we also have Mitch McConnell, leaders of the Proud Boys, um, social media influencers, and then the state of Iowa and the city of Waterloo. I'm so looking forward to that one. Are you? Not even slightly. Well, it's not too bad. Well, kind of is, but... (laughs) Well, you know, apparently the Republican Party is actually considering a ban on coffee. I don't know if you heard about that. They are? Yeah. So it's actually a part of their war on woke. Mm. (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) Well, in that case, I am super fucking woke. Um, I drink coffee pretty much every day. I've actually been meaning to tell you. So I actually watched this this, uh, channel on YouTube called Legal Eagle. Oh, yeah. I've heard of them. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Well, he obviously has paid promotions that he does, but he talks about this one coffee website, and I th- I don't think it's called Truth. It starts with a T. I'll have to look at some of his videos and let you know, but like, oh, yeah. it's this website where you order coffee, and you tell them kind of what you want and like what service it is, and then they send you it, and then that you can order more and they can give you different suggestions and you can find like the perfect kind of coffee for you. And I just thought of you right away that you would love it. Oh, okay. Sounds like the wine thing that I did for one time. Right. But coffee, but coffee, which is to me way more up your alley. I guess See, here's the thing. I'm not like big, big into coffee of like, Do Oh, you I drink want it every day. Well, yeah. Okay. But what I'm saying, like big bit of like, I want to know like these certain specific, like I want one more nutty or I want more of a chocolatey or whatever. True. But if you find one that's like the perfect type of coffee for you, this is like the best way to do it. You're right. I could look into it. Yeah. I mean, I know I gave you some good shit for Christmas last year. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. Which I still need to try. But if you can find one that's, you're like, this is my coffee. This is Eric coffee i still need to get the shit that you have that friend that opened up their own coffee place yeah i still need to try her shit i also need to try her shit all right we need to drive out to van horn all right so starting off this week for news uh quickly going into something that i found kind of interesting is that trump could be potentially barred or banned from running or being president in 2024 well didn't we know this already like there was a potential i didn't know if it was really talked about all that much or if there was like any type of legal backing uh, yeah backing or legitimacy to actually say it could be done gotcha so besides the fact of him being like you know a criminal to the point of just not being convicted yet right for several different things with government personal whatever it has but because of his specific perceived influence involvement with the January 6th insurrection um, and then him trying to kind of basically overturn the certified election of 2020, um, there's a possibility that he could be barred from running for president, um, specifically with the 14th Amendment, uh, which has a clause that bars people from taking office who had taken an oath to uphold the Constitution, but then engaged in insurrection or rebellion against it. So many legal scholars are saying that this uh, clause applies to Trump after his role in overturning or trying to overturn the 2020 presidential election and then encouraging some of his supporters to then storm the U.S. Capitol. So the legitimacy of this, I find interesting, comes from a legal standpoint or view uh, that was written in a review article by William Bod and then Michael Paulson, who are two prominent conservative 
conservative law professors. So they concluded that Trump must be barred from the ballot due to the clause in Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, um, specifically saying that anyone from Congress and military and federal and state offices, if they previously took an oath to support the Constitution and then, quote, engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. So both Bod and Paulson wrote in their article saying, quote, Taking Section 3 seriously means excluding from present or future office those who sought to subvert lawful government authority under the Constitution in the aftermath of the 2020 election, end quote. Would you say that, I mean, this is me just going a step further. Would you say that that also bars any of the House or Senate members who also engaged in assisting? Um. Potentially, I could see it how it could be stretched to that. I can't say that you would be able to bar people who were pushing and saying that the election was stolen because that is protected speech. Yeah. I mean, you can lie all you want, but unless they actually had a first hand in trying to sway somebody to do something that they shouldn't, obviously you can't bar those people. But the people who were like that, I think you could make an easy case saying they couldn't either. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, there's obviously a huge possibility that Trump's found guilty, right? And then is found guilty of federal crimes, either from the federal government or he could be found guilty on the charges in Georgia for state, right? I I would love to be optimistic and say that, but I, I have to be a little bit more realistic. And I would say that the amount of people who would be more concerned of how it looks if a former president is indicted rather than if he should actually be indicted mm-hmm. is a little bit higher. So I can't be too optimistic that he actually will get guilty. I'll hold the optimism. I, you know, and I, and that is, that is what you do for us. Yeah. You are the optimist of our relationship. <laughs> I will hold the optimism that that does happen. But even in that case, it does not exclude him from running because there's no rules or anything precedent really of any kind saying that a felon can't run for public office in that way. However, this does prevent that from happening. So I could see that, okay, he's found guilty. Well, then now this makes this decision a hell of a lot easier because a court found him guilty of this, meaning that he did do this, which means he is committing treason against country. Which he said he wasn't going to do. Which he wasn't going to do. He's, breaking the constitution he cannot serve because of the this section of the 14th amendment i can see that stretching that to different house members like the guy jack Hawley or whatever from missouri Mm -hmm. who was really pushing like we need to make sure that we got these things right there's obviously a huge push of people who are saying that they're just disagreeing with this whole election and there's a potential whole bunch of fraud let's just make sure that we're 100 percent right before we certify anything who knows it was Josh Holly. Josh Holly. Yep. Who did I say? Jack. Jack. Whoever. Fuck up. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but like that puts into question of like the several different House members that then Matt Gates being one of them that were asking for pardons from Trump mm-hmm. because of their involvement. How far was their involvement? Then right. you can also if you if there were investigations into them of like well why are we looking for a pardon? They found guilty of whatever they had possibly done. Now, that's a bigger stretch if they ever did find anything. But then that could potentially be applied to them, like you were saying. So who knows? It could. 
I'm not optimistic about the last part. I'm right. just focusing on the first. I, I kind of want to touch on the pardons again because I know I think I'm pretty – if I haven't said it on here, I've definitely said it to you. And it's using their own logic against them, right? You know how they're always like, well, if you have nothing to hide, then why wouldn't you let the police officer search or whatever? Exactly. If you have nothing to hide, why would you need a pardon? Exactly. Why would you be asking <laughs> That's for one? That's on a way different level. <laughs> yeah. Why would you even like request one? Right. Like, not even just me, but me and these other people that are on this list that we have, mm-hmm. we would all like to have one. Can we? And then it doesn't happen. Why are you asking for it? Exactly. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Um, next, a little bit of political news. Mitch McConnell has a, yet another uh, Mr. Freeze moment. Yeah. So I was trying to find uh, a dad joke or a good joke about like freezing in that instance. And mm-hmm. I, I couldn't. So I came up, I found the one that I did. But we we had talked about, I think we had the audio clip from the original one, right? I don't think. Well, did we? I don't remember. I don't either. Either way, the first time Mitch McConnell froze, I know we talked about it, is it was after, you know, he fell and had a concussion and he was being asked about something, right? It was at the, it was at the Senate chambers. So yep. he was at a podium at the actual U.S. Capitol. Yep. Got asked a question, kind of just blanked, and he had to be ushered off. People looked at him, came back. Everything seemed fine. Well, what? Not even a week ago, McConnell was being asked if he was planning on running again. Back in, home in Kentucky. Yep, in 2026. To a, to a much softer media core yes because these are actual kentucky reporters they're not gonna give them hard questions they're gonna give them softballs yep and he got asked if he was planning on rerunning again in 2026 and he kind of just chuckled and just started blanking again staring off into no man's land another five seconds later somebody one of his aides yep goes Senator, did you hear the question if you're planning on rerunning again in 2026? And he's just still staring off into space and she says, yep. Being catatonic. And then she comes over, ushers, I would imagine his, another aide or a doctor. Mm-hmm. And she's like, all right, we're just. We're going to need a few minutes. Yep. And then she's like, does anybody have any other questions? And that was pretty much the end of the video. I was like. Yeah. The amount of times we've talked about, you know, the the mental decline and the age when that happens. It's just, it's asinine that people like this are running our country, Mm -hmm. especially Mitch McConnell. I was actually talking to my girlfriend about this. He is the minority leader in the Senate. Yes, he He is. He is the ultimate voice of the Republican side. Very high profile. Holy God. Mm -hmm. This guy orchestrated um, screwing Obama out of, court justices right. and then got three appointed under his watch through via Trump yeah. under the Supreme court. So he's a tactician yeah. in the Senate. My boss and I have heavily talked about this recently about not only just obviously the right, but the left having oldest balls people in here mm-hmm. that just need to go. Like I can't remember who she talked about, but there's this lady who had missed three months worth of time because of shingles. Oh, isn't that the Democrat from California? Yeah. What's her face? I can't remember. Oh, I said it last week. Yeah. I don't remember. But. Like, Diane Feinstein. Yep. When you can't do your job, like if you and I weren't able to show up to work and do our job, we would probably be let go. 100%. Because we, it's not, not because we're not good people or whatever, just we can't do the job that's required. Mm-hmm. Mind-blowing. 
you have people who are like dying in front of us mm-hmm. and you're expecting them to be these highly intelligent people who can make the correct decision for us. Yes. They're going senile. What are you talking about? They're not even showing up. Yeah. And this goes into, um, you know, the further belief of like obviously having term limits or even just a set age of like, you cannot serve in public office beyond this age. The only now, thing setting the age would be hard to do. That's, that's the thing is you'd be going against, I'm pretty sure the civil rights act. You would be to, but you just have to put certain parameters around right. the civil rights act. And obviously not every, he's 81. I don't, Diane Feinstein's also in her eighties. Some people can do better as, or not do better, but can still maintain themselves as they get older. Unfortunately, Chuck Grassley is one of those people. Yeah. His tweets make no fucking sense. I also think he just doesn't know how to use. He probably doesn't know how to use social media that well either, but we don't, we're not asking him to do that. (laughs) We're asking him to be on the security council monitoring China. And it seems like he's doing at least a fairly okay job. job yeah. I'm not going to say that I would prefer to have someone else in his place. Cause I obviously would, mm-hmm. but we're not having this issue with him and right. he is older than Mitch McConnell. Yeah. And he still goes home to Iowa and still helps out on his farm. Yeah. So it's like, that's a different person there that obviously is older and can still do the job to a degree. It's just, yeah. Mitch McConnell freezing yet again in front of the media within the last month and a half. Right. It's not good. Yeah, I mean the thing the thing with time and how social media has played a huge factor in just the evolution of civilization, mm-hmm. especially in politics. This happens what, 40 years ago? You might have some reruns on TV, but it you're going to get it in newspapers, right? Yeah. This is everywhere. Mhm. Like that's rough. Other countries see this shit. What do you think they're saying? Oh, this is a prime time. Yeah. Like, where America's going is not a good area right now. Mm-mm. I Every civilization falls. Like Nikki Haley says, you know, China's going to end up on the ash heap of history. All dynasties and governments fall. Unless you're the British. Right. But even then, like. True. They're not like a monarchy or controlling every corner of the world like they used to. Right. But there's still a fairly strong nation yeah at some point the american system is going to fail yep i hope we're dead but shit it could be in 10 years could be and but isn't that the excitement of it all no no it is not because <laughs> just think of the aftermath of what's going to happen every civil you you should know better than me of what happens when a, a government comes tumbling down or a power shift happens. It's never pretty. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Those happen in a different age. But think about football. But, yeah, <laughs> think about football. Distract yourself with sports. Yeah, right. And alcohol. <laughs> Other news things that we want to talk about. Uh, this past week, there were uh, a series of different Proud Boy leaders being sentenced to jail, which is always a good sign to see. All of them because of their involvement with January 6th and the actions that they did on that day. Um, I'm going to talk about two of them specifically at the start. And there's, I saw some more this morning on two other ones. I just want to quick mention at the end. Um, but U S district judge, Timothy Kelly sentenced Joseph Biggs to 17 years in prison. And then Zachary real to 15 years in prison. Um, 
Biggs was the former leader of the Florida chapter of the Proud Boys, and Real was the former leader of the Philadelphia chapter of the Proud Boys. Uh, Judge Kelly did accept the government's recommendation to apply an enhancement uh, that essentially labeled Biggs as crimes against or crimes of acts of terrorism in seeking and influences actions of government through threats and use of force. Uh, Biggs' sentence is the second longest of any defendant charged in connection with the Capitol attack. Uh, Reels is the third longest. And then Enrique Toro, who is the Proud Boys overall just leader, Mm -hmm. is expected to be sentenced. Um, This is coming out on September 7th. No, 6th. And he's supposed to be sentenced on September 5th. Mm. Uh, So a day before. So who knows what his actual sentence will be. I hope it's a really long one. I hope it's like 30, 40 years. Uh, Prosecutors say that Biggs' action and leading up to the days uh, before the insurrection and his involvement with the mob throughout the attack were evidence enough to convict him. Uh, Real helped lead the charge uh, on January 6th and was among one of the first waves of rioters to breach the Capitol. Uh, he also helped overwhelm officers by trying or spraying them in the face with irritant spray, which was caught on camera. Um, he was also, this is kind of interesting, Real was accused of perjuring himself 14 times. <laughs> When testifying at trial, after he was confronted with video evidence showing him spraying police officers with the chemical irritant. So they would ask. These aren't smart people. No, I mean, they would ask him on, you know, the stand of like, were you at this? Did you do this? And he'd be like, no, I didn't. And they're like, well, we have a video of you doing it. And they show the video. And he's like, well, that's clearly you. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, okay. Bold move to think you can get away with that, Cotton. (laughs) Right. Again. Um, Yes. Social media. And this is something else I found interesting. I couldn't find the audio. I really wanted to find the audio because I've heard bits and pieces of it on different uh, like TikToks or things like that. And it's so fucking funny. But there's audio of all of these guys, these last two that I'm going to be talking about, including um, were begging the judge for leniency and that they were sorry, which is so funny. And it's like, if you listen to it, they're like, Sobbing. Sobbing. Squabbling. The thing is, is again, going back to the Legal Eagle channel that I watched, the lawyer's name is, I think, Dylan or Devin. It's Devin. Okay. Um, I was watching a video recently, and he was talking about, like, dumb uh, defendants. Mm-hmm. And he said emphatically, do not record your crime. The thing is, with all of these January 6th convictions and how they're using evidence against them, a lot of them are videos. Mm-hmm. Not only from, obviously, the Capitol uh, CCTV footage, but they were proud of what they were doing. They mm-hmm. thought it was a historical moment, which they're not wrong, but for a different context. Yes. And they thought they were the victors. They thought they were the people freeing the country in their minds of the tyranny that they thought is happening. And it's just so mind blowing that they were reveling in what they were doing. And now it's coming to bite them in the ass. And it is just so ironic justice. Um, I think the quote that I have here is from real. He was saying a quote on the stand. And again, imagine he's crying and sobbing on this. I'm done with it all. I'm done with pleading or peddling lies for people that don't care about me. I'm sorry for everything that happened. January 6th was a despicable day. (laughs) 
I did things I regret. I made my family suffer because of it. I really hope you can find that video. I really fucking want to. I tried this morning. I could not find anything with it. I just kept getting more articles about these guys being um, convicted. Uh, the last two members I want to talk about were Ethan Nordine uh, and Dominic Piozza or Pezzola. Uh, Nordin was the leader of the Seattle chapter and was sentenced to 18 years in prison with three years of supervised release. And then Pezzola was um, sentenced to 10 years in federal prison and then three years of uh, supervised release. Both of them while they were in their trial, called January 6th a national disgrace. However, after being convicted and then was being removed from the courtroom, Pozzola said, or he said on the stand, that he had given up politics, um, but yet as he was being escorted out of the courtroom, he shouted, Trump won. (laughs) So it's like, after being convicted, obviously, you'll say anything that you want to make sure you get a lenient judgment. But then just being a fucking dumbass at the end of it. Right. Being like, Trump won. Lie on the stand all you want, but they're going to see through the bullshit. Which I can imagine if someone were to be like petty about it, like, all right, well, we're going to charge you with perjury because if you're saying you're done with politics and then as we're literally escorting you out of your own fucking sentencing, you're saying Trump won. Yeah. Pretty fucking dumb. But it's always good to see Proud Boys going uh, to prison because they are all pieces of shit and they should. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, they have a lot of friends in prison, so I don't think they're going to have too rough of a time. But three hots and a cot, baby. True. Um, the next dumb thing I want to talk about, <laughs> we want to talk about how social media is putting us into a weird place in society. Because it hasn't done that since its in- inscription in the 90s. Whatever. Uh, this one is, uh, you know, rivaling the Tide Pod Challenge, in my opinion. <sighs> Where people are drinking borax, apparently, um, from a new social media trend that is going around, which the claim is that you can get health benefits and it boosts your health if you drink borax, which if anyone knows, borax is a poison, so don't do that, (laughs) but somehow it's good. Um, Obviously, medical professionals are saying that it's dangerous. Dr. Jennifer Ashton, who is a... Uh, Chief medical correspondent for ABC News said in a statement, quote, as a doctor, I am telling you very explicitly, do not ever drink borax in any amount. It is a toxin. It is a poison. (laughs) So I I don't know. This might sound really harsh of me, and it kind of is. If people are dumb enough to drink it, fucking let them. Or like the fire challenge. Remember that? People were setting themselves on fire. No, did not know about that one. Oh, that was when we were in high school. Uh, same thing with Todd Tide Pods. I, think I, that I was, remember that. Yeah, it was the same thing. And I remember when it happened saying, these people are fucking morons. Yeah, they're, people are fucking idiots. They'll do anything for Anything views. for fame. Anything mm-hmm. for their 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Anything. Um, people are setting themselves on fire. Yeah, it's called the fire challenge. Like I'm, Yes, literally. They're just their clothing or their body. I, I I think the videos I saw were they were clothed. I mean, I can understand the ice bucket challenge. I was at least for a good cause. Yeah, that's different. Right. Who? Why do you? No, whatever. I don't know. I remember I was at home in my <laughs> living room with my mom. You set yourself wa- on fire. Watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Watching the news. And they came up with a segment of new challenge sweeping social media called the fire challenge. 
And my mom immediately looks at me and he's like, Eric, don't you fucking do that. And I'm like, Mom, why would I do that? <laughs> Give me a reason as to why you think I would, and then we'll talk from there. Um, the trend claims that drinking or eating borax as a nutritional supplement that can help reduce inflammation and cleanse the body... Medical professionals like Dr. Ashlyn have said that the body already has systems in place for detoxing the body, so there's really no reason for you to do this. <laughs> and they add that if people want to be healthier, they need to look into their lifestyle behaviors like exercise, diet, water consumption, consumption, and smoking, which makes sense. It's like drinking bleach for coronavirus. Damn. Yeah, or ivermectin, you know, horse tranquilizer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not tranquilizer, but medicine. Um, this last little bit is from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Uh, it says exposure to borax is a combination of boron, sodium, and oxygen, which may lead to symptoms including eye irritation, trouble breathing, cough, nosebleed, um, as well as high levels of borax can cause renal failure, kidney failure, or fucking death. So, yeah. Let's not. And call it good. Right. <laughs> God, people are so fucking dumb, but it's kind of funny. To a sure. degree. I mean, shout out to all the, you know... You know what's funny? The cinnamon challenge. The cinnamon challenge is funny. Hey, I've done that. I've survived. This is just stupid. I've, I've done the cinnamon challenge a few times. Have you failed every time? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also tried doing the gallon of milk challenge. Oh, fuck that. Um, Sprite and bananas. Mm. I make... saw the Sprite challenge, not the banana challenge. Oh, the Sprite and banana challenge is that you uh, eat a bunch of bananas and you drink a lot of Sprite. And then you're supposed to th- not throw up, but it makes you throw up. Well, I just saw the one where Sprite, where you chug Sprite, and then you just throw up anyway because of the carbonation. carbonation is. Yeah. I have failed at all those challenges. <laughs> the milk one, I didn't throw up. I remember, just couldn't get a whole gallon down. I remember planking. Oh, dude, planking was so much cool, fun. <laughs> so stupid. That, when you look back at the goddamn pictures of it, it's like, why did we ever do that? I mean, honestly, we could make the debate of like... Uh, Bring back real challenges like planking. Yeah. See, that's harmless. It is harmless. You just do it on random surfaces. Right. And it's funny. Okay. Instead of having to kill yourself. Right. Mind-blowing. We've just gotten that far. Art is stupid. That's what I'm getting at. Yep. And we're back to that. Local news. So I want to give an update about the Iowa book banning law. Uh, Obviously, as a teacher with our kind of professional development before we got students the last couple of weeks um our admin sat us down and talked to us about what kind of happened over the summer and ways that the district is trying to help kind of prepare itself uh specifically with senate file 496 which prohibits schools to have certain or content or instruction related to gender identity and sexual orientation from kindergarten through sixth grade Um, Schools are to remove books from their libraries that violate this law. Now, I talked with another coworker, and I think my fiance, obviously, too, is like, well, this isn't just kindergarten to sixth, because most middle schools in Iowa have sixth to eighth, which means you're not going to have a separate library for sixth graders. Seventh and eighth graders are going to have the same access to that, so it just effectively goes up to eighth grade. So why do they label it as sixth? I don't know. That's probably why. Just just because. Um... However, because of this law, the state has not been very clear on which books should be removed, which is causing a lot of confusion and anxiety among, you know, educational professionals in the state of Iowa. Um, Some district leaders haven't 
reviewed any books yet because they haven't gotten any guidance from the Iowa Department of Education to know what books to take out. Um, even though, like I mentioned, school kind of started already about a week and a half ago. So, and from my understanding <clears throat> is that the Department of Education is not going to have any type of, type of framework until potentially January, which that's going to be second semester for pretty much every school in the state. So you're going to go through the whole first semester not knowing what the heck is going on and who knows what's going to happen between now and then where we actually have a guideline and framework. Uh, Mike, I'm going to butcher this guy's last name. Sorry. Brannick, hopefully I'm saying that correctly, third grade teacher who is also the president of the state's teacher union, said, quote, from what we understand, they're not anticipating putting any kind of guidance out, which makes it increasingly difficult for our school districts and for administrators and educators to try to navigate the law that has been very ambiguous and is very difficult to understand, end quote. Um, this comes after the Urbandale Community School District made headlines about a month and a half ago or so, when they went through and removed nearly 400 books, they did kind of retract and rolled back that number to only having 65. But some of the books that they uh, took out included The Handmaid's Tale, Perks of Being a Wallflower, and A Brave New World, or specific ones. And The Handmaid's Tale, I think, can get pretty sexually explicit, but it's also you know meant for high schoolers. It's not going to be for elementary schools, so that shouldn't matter too much. Perks being Wallflower also can be divisive, depending, but only because of the fact that it's kind of a teenager's perspective of being a uh, survivor of sexual assault and then dealing with high school problems and suicidal ideologies, stuff like that. And then Brave New World... I haven't actually read it. My fiance is pretty upset about that one because that's used in a lot of, I think, high schools for teaching certain things on literary from whoever the fuck wrote it. Again, I don't know what the book's about, but she, when I heard, read that title, she was pretty upset about it. And she can go into a huge uh, explanation as to why that one's pretty important. I wouldn't be able to do it justice, but apparently it's a very important book. Now that this law is in effect, uh, the penalties of Iowa teachers not complying with the law officially start in January, like I said. And I want to say the first offense um, just kind of goes against the school. The second offense goes against the superintendent of that school district. And then any action after that could involve the teacher going in front of the state board and potentially getting their license revoked. So it'll be interesting. I don't understand, again, what the huge persecution is for these books. A lot of them are, like I said, for high schoolers, which if we can allow in this state to have a 16-year-old say that they can consent to sex, which I do not agree with, why would we say that they can't read a book that they choose? It doesn't make sense to me in my head. But, you know, that's Republicans for you. Doesn't make sense in your head. Doesn't make sense in practice. So, whoever cares. It's pretty messed up. Last little thing I want to get into for kind of local news is the Iowa City Council. And I think we talked about this back in May when it first happened. Um, they initially banned conversion therapy in the 
in Waterloo, which is great because yeah. conversion therapy in and of itself is a bogus uh, medical belief that you can somehow change someone's born identity for their sexuality into whatever you think is socially acceptable. Right. So, and, oh, you're not gay. You're straight. Yeah. There is no gay people. You're straight. We're going to make you straight, and we're going to use torture methods in order to achieve that goal. Right. Well, recently, the Iowa conversion therapy ban has been repealed after a Christian organization, Liberty Council... Not in Iowa. Yep. Hold on. Yeah, I was just going to get to there. <laughs> threatened to take legal action. The organization, which is based in Orlando, Florida, argued that the ordinance infringes on the constitutional right to free speech and said it was acting on behalf of a therapist in Waterloo who, quote was concerned about the implications of this on the practice of counseling. Which I don't understand. Making the stretch of it is an infringement on our freedom of speech. Again, freedom of speech is something that does not involve any type of negative action towards it. I can say anything that I want as long as it doesn't have any type of impending violence, aggression, or whatever towards that thing. Right? Now, conversion therapy, like I just said, the whole premise is using torture methods to then change someone's, quote, belief of their sexuality. Their mentality, yeah. uh, To whatever is socially acceptable, which to these religious fanatics are gay people are bad, and there's only straight people and heterosexuality. Pretty much a synopsis of conversion therapy, if I had to, like, explain it in a really dumb way is watch a clockwork orange. Yeah, that's and that is it. Yeah, that's that's it in a in a form of a nest shell. Yeah. Yeah. But it is so disgusting of a practice and the fact that this group is saying that it is infringing upon the freedom of speech. Speech is saying that oh, I believe in conversion therapy, not the actions of conversion therapy itself. Correct. So, completely disjointed, but again, whatever the fuck that means. Um, in recent years, local bans on conversion therapy in Florida also failed due to this Liberty Council operating there, um, which describes itself as a Christian ministry that is, and here's the funny thing, quote, restoring the culture by advancing religious freedom and, scru- and scrutiny of hu- the scrutiny of human life and family. And what I think is super ironic about this is that they preach the sanctity Sorry, I read that wrong. Not even scrutiny, sanctity of human life when they openly express their desire to forcefully convert members of the LGBTQ plus family uh, out of that community. So how does that make sense? We're all for the sanctity of human life, except when you say that you're gay, which we don't believe in, and we'll force you to change it and have you potentially commit suicide over it because... We just don't think that you're doing the right thing in God's eyes. Mm-hmm. Sanctity of life, my fucking ass. Does not make sense. Um, and conversion therapy has been described by its... Uh, uh, discredited, sorry, and is opposed by the American Medical Association and the American Psychiatric Association, citing research that leads to increased risk of suicide and depression. So if you can't take experts you know, research into account when you're trying to make decisions in other people's lives. Why are you even doing it? I don't understand it. You would think that these people would have research to back their 
their belief system, but apparently saying that God hates gays is enough yeah, well, apparently they probably, works. They probably do. It's just probably confirmation bias from bullshit sources. Yeah, and you can say that, oh, yeah, conversion therapy works because of all the people that completed our conversion therapy program, X percent of them are still heterosexual. That's great. What about the ones that killed themselves along the way or the mm-hmm. ones that couldn't live with themselves afterwards and kill themselves or the ones that reverted, quote, reverted right back to who they were, who they actually truly are. It is uh, so disgusting. And I know someone who was on the city council and he obviously was super disgusted with how the city council decided to revoke it. And he thought he had the votes to keep it upheld. And apparently on the last day, three of the members changed their votes from what they had told him. So that's pretty dumb. Mind-blowing. I should go for city council. We should. We really should. I mean, we live here. Exactly. Why the fuck not? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Surprise topics. Yes. So I'll just go with mine. You've been talking a little bit. I'm not even going to tell you the title because it's a shit show. Um, We've talked about the Florida... Disney controversy and how Ron DeSantis switched the board in Florida and they're trying to retaliate and blah, 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 blah. Um, If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, just look it up yourself. Well, the firefighters who have been getting in like some of the public workers have been getting lifetime park passes. Mm -hmm. Well, no, there's getting revoked. Oh, by the new board that he put in place. Okay. Um, so the Reedy Creek Improvement District, which had long provided critical services, including drainage, wastewater management, and firefighting to Walt Disney World in Orlando, is known as the Central Florida Tourism Oversight District after Republican DeSantis created the board to take the place or existing district. They're removing their park passes, which a lot of the firefighters said is one of the main reasons why they took the job in the first place. Um the really funny thing, though, is that the firefighters are in a frustrating dilemma because they had actually once welcomed DeSantis's takeover of the tax district, and their old contracts had expired, and now they're facing the repercussions of them taking the uh, the park passes away. Um, the district said that $2.5 million worth of season passes and discounts the previous board had allocated for the improvements district, 400-ish employees, was an unethical perk that the district had to shell out funds to support. Unethical. That's the big word. That's <laughs> the word that I'm curious as to how is that unethical. Um, let's see here. Yep, so the whole idea that DeSantis is weaponizing the government's power over them for fighting back of the don't say gay bill. Mm-hmm. Um Martin Garcia, the chair of the DeSantis crafted board said that the passes gave an unfair advantage to Disney over other businesses within the district and added that families were able to gain more from the perk than employees who are single, which really doesn't matter. Like why does it matter if somebody came in to this job as single or having a family? Like, yes, they technically get more of a perk, but that's on that person who is single for not, not being in a relationship or not having kids. Why is that a punishment to them? And to be fair, I'm not the biggest fan of the idea of having 
cops in general because some of the things that they do is uh, unethical. That's a good practice word for that. Firefighters, on the other hand, I have, don't think I have any problems with firefighters. They actually do protect the property of the people. Or to, like waste management. Or, yeah, or waste management, right? If I were to be in line at Walt Disney and this family in front of me just goes through and doesn't even have to pay, I'm either, one, assuming that they have fucking passes to the park, or two, if I go up there, I'm like, hey, why did they get in for free? The lady probably tell me, oh, they're a firefighter. I'm like, oh, okay. No problem then. Right. I'm a regular civilian. They're a firefighter for this district. Yeah. This person is risking their life to right. go in and actually save property. So It's like whenever veterans get discounts, we're like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in lieu of the passes, though, Garcia indicated that the Central Florida District was poised to give employees roughly $1,400 pay bump. When you math that out, it's about 70 cent raise. Yeah. I'd rather have the pass. Mm-hmm. No kidding. I Seriously, you could take your kid to Disney every fucking weekend if you wanted to. And trust me, if you've been to Disney, that shit's expensive. Yeah. So they're still paying their fair share in terms of like the like the food and the drinks that they buy and the the mm-hmm. promotional like merchandise and all that stuff. Like they're still paying money. Yes. They're just not paying the hundred dollars a day to get into the park. Yeah. God forbid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it blows my mind. Like. God forbid Disney's missing out on $2.5 million mm-hmm. or Florida, whoever is in charge of getting some of this profits. God forbid they're being, they're missing $2.5 million. Florida better watch this because I can almost guarantee, you know, Disney being all about profit that they can see this. And if they ever truly want to down the road, be like, all right, fuck you and your state of tourism. We're going to go to a different state and yeah. they're going to give us hella fucking tax breaks because of it. Yeah. They need to wash their fucking ass. Well, Think about what happens if the firefighters say, nope, I'm, I'm going somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And there's something that happens in the park. You're fucked. Yeah. And then for sure they'll pack up and move. Mm-hmm. Where they're going to go, I don't know. Because the next best option would be maybe, maybe Atlanta, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, somewhere still warm-ish. I'd throw out to New Mexico. New Mexico is usually always a pretty blue state and Albuquerque could use something else. That's going to bring in more tourism. Well, I will it's say it's usually pretty warm. I will say New Mexico has really fucking hot days, but they probably have enough land to build on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Florida has obviously really nice beaches and New Mexico does. I fairly certain have, Nope. They have no, their land line. But so they don't matter if you want something that's going to be warm and easy to maintenance throughout the year. What natural disasters are there in New Mexico besides fires? Yeah. Potentially. You're not going to have to worry about a hurricane every f- six months. True. So I think it's a lot better to move out there anyway. Yeah. Who knows? All right. My surprise topic. I called it extraordinary. Jesus. And it's a local story here. So an Iowa woman has been reunited with an egg that she wrote on with her name and a message uh, more than 70 years ago. So I'm sure that egg fucking reeks, but you know, whatever. Uh, Mary Foss Starn, who is 92 of Forest City, signed an egg when that she was working on at her local egg farm in Forest City in the early 1950s. A man in New York decided to keep the egg after buying it from a grocery store due to what was written on it. Um, 
written on the side of the egg was, quote, whoever gets this egg, please write me. Miss Mary Foss, Forest City, Iowa, April 2nd, 1951. John, I'm going to fuck this up because it's Italian. M. Alifitano, whatever, <laughs> uh, was later given the egg while cleaning out that man's house about 20 years ago. Soon after that, he and his neighbor began to track down Mary, but were unsuccessful, so they decided to post it on a Facebook group called Weird and Wonderful Secondhand Finds That Just Need to Be Searched, which is a weird fucking name for a group because it's too long. Uh, The post got thousands of likes and shares and comments, leading to the connection of Mary's daughter, who told that family that her mother is now living in Mason City, and they were able to reconnect and give her the egg. So a 92-year-old woman has a 70-year-old egg. But, you know, it's kind of a nice little story. That is interesting. They're going to make a movie about it one day. Yeah, and it's going to be shit, and I can't wait to see it. (laughs) All right, that wraps up this week's episode for the Politics and News edition of the Detention Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please spread the word and encourage others to listen as well. You can follow us on on Twitter at DetentionPod1, or you can send us an email at DetentionPodcast1 at gmail.com. You can listen to the Detention Podcast on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And with that, your detention has been served. We will see you again next week.